Welcome to the Red Pill Training Podcast, brought to you by James Jowsey Training, 3D Physiotherapy, and the Mansfield Sports Institute. Gemma, James, and Phil, delivering topical podcasts on fitness, nutrition, health, lifestyle, training, and sports. Morning, Phil. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? I am feeling particularly energized this morning. Um, I've had two shots in the dark and I've got my run shoes on. And I've had two coffees as well. Yeah. This is, uh, you've converted me, mate. It's, yeah, it's a good start. It's getting more it's and more well. serious, this. We need uh, Gemma on the coffees. We need her drinking more coffee and then we're there. Uh, the listeners go up and that's going to happen, isn't it? That's right. So the running shoes are on. The running shoes are on. Yes. Because today we're talking about the marathon. Marathon uh, training. Marathon training. We've got, uh, got a lot of questions in from the listeners out there uh, that want to pick your brains on marathon training because you've been working with marathon runners for or in the endurance field for the last 10 years. So you've got a lot of experience um, in this field uh, from the beginner starting out running through to the, the more seasoned marathon runners. Um, we're going to cover... So later on in the podcast, we'll be covering things like hills, sprints, uh, heart rates, intervals, all those juicy topics uh, for you ex- uh, for more the more expert ones, and then the beginners as well. I've been really looking forward to this podcast, um, and I just would like our listeners to know that I've not been allowed to prepare anything for this podcast. I've been told by the producer and the other guys that. Um, I'm not allowed to prepare. I just need to answer your questions and uh, try and give you some uh, nuggets to help you with your marathon running, and whether that be your first marathon or your tenth or your fiftieth marathon, try and help you uh, have a better day at the office. Cool. So let's start at the beginning because it's always good to start at the beginning. So we'll start with the beginner. Marathon starts at the beginning. It does. Uh, <laughs> when was your first marathon? I actually ran a marathon quite late. I didn't start, I didn't run my first marathon, although I'd been coaching marathons prior to, I didn't yeah. run my first marathon until 2010. 2010. How many have you done now? Um, it depends if you include the Ironman marathon with uh, or not. So if you... Okay, how many How many have you run complete, just, just the marathon? Not the how many marathon. times have I completed the marathon distance or actually where you get a medal no. around your neck at the end? <laughs> because in training I, I, I'm a, a guy who likes distance uh, okay. so I've run 42.2 kilometers in training there was a stage where I was doing that once a week okay because I yeah. like to run this is yeah. fun um, so in terms of covering a distance of 45 42 kilometers and above 50 60 times right okay um, and how many ter- times you got the medal how many times you got the medal I got the medal 17 times right and that's that's just a marathon on its own yeah uh, and how many times have you done it in, uh, with an Ironman as well? Uh, seven times seven. with an Ironman. Yes. You've covered a lot of marathons. Yeah, I've been out there. Yeah. So where did you start? Where, did, where do you start as a beginner? You go for a run. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you get out there. You get out there. And what you don't do is you don't uh, go online and yeah. you don't Google which shoes should I have on and you don't Google uh, a training program and you don't do anything like that. You find... You go into a run shop, um, you avoid a run analysis in the run shop. Why do we avoid that? 
it's just, uh, I think the mechanics of that perhaps yeah okay it's a good place to start um, yeah. it's, it's actually a good question um, I'm going to try and do it quickly because I know we've got loads to cover yeah. so so simply put you go into a run shop I mean it's not all run shops but the, the majority of the run assessments you see they'll look at the heel bone at the back of your foot and they'll look at the heel bone if it goes in or if it goes out and that it has pretty much none to little effect on what's happening in the rest of your foot. Okay. So there's 26 bones in your foot, um, thousands of joints, yeah. <laughs> uh, thousands of joint variations. The options or possibilities of how your foot could look in yeah. that shoe um, is you're looking at one of the thousands of possibilities by having the film at the back. Yeah. Um, where, where the heel bone is at the back in relation to your leg has very small re- – is, is, is relevant, but is one of the relevances of right. many relevances of that. So buying a pair of shoes based off that is just as much guesswork as it is uh, just picking a pair okay. off the shelf. That sounds really interesting. I think we should maybe do something uh, on a little bit more of the intricacies of that later on for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll stick with – basic so we just go out for a run yeah you find a pair of shoes you do yeah. need some run shoes I yeah. mean running in your stilettos <laughs> should only be done uh, under the influence of alcohol um, you know you find a pair of shoes that's comfortable yeah. uh, find a nice pair I mean if you're using any of the top brands um, New Balance Brooks yeah. um, I've run in New Balance and Brooks myself but um, Nike you know you find yeah. a good pair of shoes um, and you go out and you I don't know you try and run for 10 minutes and see how you go yeah okay um, and then where do I take it yeah but that's it I mean now uh, is, that, is, that, yeah. is that how long do you just increase how simple does it stay for the beginner but it, uh, it, it, I mean, it should be simple uh, and it shouldn't be complex and I think I think the most important thing about it is for me, when I see marathon runners who are tired of running, is is not the running they're tired of. Yeah. They're tired of the confusion of yeah. should I be on the front of my foot? Should I be on the back of my foot? Where should I land? Should I run intervals? Should I go up and down hills? What should my heart rate be? What's my pacing? What should I eat? Uh, yeah. Should I run tomorrow? Should I run this morning? Should I have done this? What about my stretching? Should I be doing strength training? What about core stability? And it's just in that total mess yeah, going for a run is forgotten. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the people are running along, and I, you know, you call it psychological running. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're running along, thinking about everything else other than that's a nice tree. <laughs> you know, wow, there's a yeah. lake over there. Look yeah. at that. Never seen that before. Exploring the local area, or being on the way on business, or traveling, and having the opportunity to go out and explore a local area. Just go out and say. I mean, I went for a run last weekend in uh, down sort of with national championships for cycling. Yeah. And I went for a run and I just thought I'd go for 30 minutes. Went left, went right, went right, went left, didn't really know where I was going. Ended up on the top of a fantastic hill with a with a view over, you know, you could see for miles. Yeah. And, and I could see my hotel and just ran back down the hill and around the corner and, and back to the hotel and ended up going and, and just exploring the area without a heart rate monitor or anything like that. So I think the start is running. Just okay. find the love for running and that's easy Yeah, because everyone loves running. Then where do we build that from? Uh, where do we build it to? How do we build it up? How quickly? Is it a fast process, slow process? 
Um, I think I think that, that I think again people tend to be nowadays in a rush. Yeah. Um, and they're really just desperate to have that medal hanging on the office wall or, or at home up up there, and it's sort of like. Yeah, well, I need to have that. I just need to. How, the question is, how quickly can I be ready for a marathon? And how how quickly can it be? Well, you, I mean, honestly, yeah. And you, if you're if you're stubborn enough, yeah, you can go out tomorrow and you'll get through a marathon. How good would that be for me? It'd be awful. <laughs> It'd be, and, and 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 that's the the thing that really. I and mean, so many people say, "Yep, I ran a marathon, never doing that again." Yeah, it does. I mean. Preparation is everything, and enjoying the process of preparing for a marathon. It can be fun. Yeah. It can be an enjoyable process. It can feel good. You can run a marathon. Of course, it hurts. Of course, yeah. it, of course, it's uncomfortable. But that's what you train for. That's what the, the enjoyment of it. The, the pain, um, so the the hurt that you feel is that what? Because I've never run a marathon. So what what type of hurt is that? Is it uh, is it body? Is it is it more? Uh, the heart, the lungs. Where, where's the main? Where do yeah. most people suffer with kind of pain? I think when we're talking marathon distance, there. I mean, some people, you, you, because of the speed you're running at, and, and especially beginners, even good yeah. beginners, you'll feel it in your legs rather than your lungs. Yeah. Uh, the top end, perhaps they have a little bit more demand on the lungs, but but over that distance, it is proper because you're so aerobically low. You know, you're not you're not crossing over into anaerobic. So you this know, is why um, we don't need as much uh, science of heart rates and stuff like that. We're pretty much just uh, prepping the legs. Yeah, you're to, prepared to be I'm, able to cope. With yeah, the, I mean, I think I think that, I think that the, 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 there's a huge misconception at the moment in in the marathon running world yeah. of running slowly. Yeah, um, and it's prescribed of lots of long, slow kilometers. Um, is this for, for everybody you're talking about? Now? Everybody, right? Okay. I mean, this is the sort of. It's not new advice. It was very popular uh, in the '90s and early 2000s, and then everybody went over to no. The only way through is intervals, lots of speed, lots of power, run yeah. fast, run fast, and now it's starting to come back again of just running long, slow uh, duration uh, and doing nothing else. What is the? Why does it keep going through these phases? Is that because they're just what? Why did they change their minds? Yeah, but I think I think it's because they don't know, uh, yeah. and I think because it is works. that because everybody's an individual. Yeah, and some people are suited uh, yeah. to going for the the longer, slower, and some people work better yeah. off sprints. Yeah, I th- and I think that especially in the you know we look at what the top marathon runners are doing in the world, and everyone copies it with yeah. forgetting that the top marathon runners in the world are running two hundred fifty, three hundred kilometers a week, and we're running forty five kilometers a week. <laughs> you know, so I think that's the, the big mis- you you shouldn't. Even as even as a marathon runner that runs a three sub three hour marathon, you shouldn't compare yourself to the guys running sub two twenty. You're, you're not in the same league. Their, their training is totally um, unapplicable to, yeah. to your training. It, it's just it's just two different worlds. It's two different sports. Yeah. Um, I mean, energy systems over two hours or four hours are very different. You know, these guys are down running around two hours. They've got to perform for two hours at intensity where the, the first time marathon is potentially running for four or five hours. It's just a different, it's, the systems are completely different in the body and they shouldn't be compared. Yeah. Um, on, so, how, so going back to kind of how do we build a program then, we said that you can go out and just run. Uh, I could just go out tomorrow and run a marathon and I'd be in a world of hurt. What would you say is the recommended minimum for me to 
uh, or recommended amount of time for me to go out and run that marathon and enjoy it and not be in the world of pain? Would it yeah. be 12 weeks? What, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's um, it's a wonderful question because it's not really a sort of... Um, it's not really... I can't, yeah, it's very difficult for me to answer. Um, again, I don't think people should be in rush and I think people should enjoy the process and fight, try and find the love for running rather than running after being having a medal of hanging, up and hanging. Yeah. That's more important for me. But... Uh, Again, I would be talking about a totally untrained individual, someone who hasn't done it before. Yeah. I would say they need a year, right? Okay, um, to do it correctly. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have nearly a hundred percent injury-free record. I don't have injuries with, with my marathon runners. They don't have problems, which is a common like. I mean, that's yeah. most people yeah. complain of like the knee, the outside of the knee, for example. Yeah, with classic runners' knee, um, you know, but but they're all they're all injuries that are because of the impatience of the person. And, you know, we always talk about injuries being uh, psychological, um, but because of impatience, because of, I need to do it now, I need to push, I need to do it, you do too much too soon, uh, you end up with those pains where if you can enjoy the process uh, and, and follow the process through, the injuries are injuries are programming-based. Uh, they're not unlucky. Um, they're programming-based. Also, from I mean, from a strength training perspective, flexibility perspective, and uh sort of volume yeah uh, volume of intensity and volume of volume <laughs> okay yes, there's a lot to it there's a lot to it but as long as the balance is right injury shouldn't be um, shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be uh, a case um, so let's go back to that running running slowly yeah um, just going out and just not getting caught up in speed like what's so good about why do you recommend that if I may, yeah. um, I'll just give a little bit of history of the science behind it and where it's gone. Yeah, um, yeah, and for then, sure. And then it's... give it a little bit of a, a description on it on why, because it's very fashionable currently to be running slow. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, so yeah, that'd be great to hear. Yeah, uh, it's it's all new. Yeah. Okay. So, so running, running in the um, yeah, I was going to say late in the late nineties was very much about miles and just getting miles in your legs and as I say we went into the into the 2000s where it then became very much about uh, intervals and running fast and now we're going back to that running slow process as, as, as previously discussed um, and the misconception and the misunderstanding is that it's aerobic and heart and lungs based um, we we tend to, as endurance coaches, not look at the neuromusculoskeletal side of things. We tend to look at the uh, energy systems or the, the, the cardiovascular side of things, i.e. heart and lungs. And we tend to attribute all performance improvements to improvements within the, the cardio system in terms of VO2 max or a lactate threshold, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and so what happened was people went out and started running slowly uh, and long distances and got better um, and and misunderstood uh, totally misunderstood uh, why they got better um, and they, it was attributed to uh, an aerobic capacity development because you were running slowly you were training your aerobic system and your aerobic system was then developing and that's why you improved as a runner um, and while we went to short and hard intervals in sort of early 2000s and through the 2000s was because we wanted to have a greater development 
of the cardiovascular system. And that still stands true today. The cardiovascular development is greater with shorter, harder um, efforts. Um, and, and, and that's pretty, and, you know, that's overloading the system and having the system working uh, harder. But as I said, people ran faster running slow. So we've got that, we've got a bit of a problem. We've got, we know that the energy systems and the heart and the lungs have a greater demand and develop with short and hard intervals, but everybody's running faster when they go out and run slow. And, and, and the, the, the science is right and the research is right. The understanding of why in, in my book is wrong. It's not because of aerobic development. It's simply strength training. And the faster I run, the greater the momentum is. So the more momentum I have, the easier it is for muscles to hold me up, the less they have to work. When I start to run slowly, and if we, if we say walking lunges is yeah. running slowly, the slowest you could run, we say, would be a walking lunge, and the fastest you could run would be sprinting. Yeah. When you're sprinting, what you're doing is you're using what we call sort of elastic contractions in the muscle. So it's pretty much the tendons. Um, that are, are using the elasticity that's stored in the tendons is firing and, and moving you forward. So muscles are doing very little. Stability of the mode, stability comes from the fact that we're moving forward. So um, is that why people kind of feel more, so you obviously you talked about programming a bit all as well, but if, if they're using the joints more, sorry, the, the elastic property of the muscle, is that why people then end up with kind of the, the more tendonitis because base, base they're faster and more more able people, to people tend to when they begin begin with interval training they tend to they tend to get that tendinopathy they tend to get those tendon problems and they get those tendon problems because they're running faster so the demand on the muscle is diminished and the demand on the tendon is increased uh, and so we get the tendinopathies and then, and there's that so do we need stronger tendons or do we need strong muscles well well, well th that's that's a great that is the question uh, and it, again it comes back to scheduling programming preparation yeah. and organization of the athletic programming um, the like i say the misconception was we Get, we run faster. We see our times come down. We yeah. go out and run slowly. So we instantly attribute it to heart and lungs. And when we run faster and harder, we have tendon injuries. So that's bad. Uh, and, and coincidences aren't wrong. You know that is yeah. right. That is what happens. I just think the understanding of why that happens has been misunderstood and, and is written poorly. Yeah. Um, when we when we <laughs> yeah when when we do that walking lunge. Yeah. We are obviously take it. Sorry, one step further. Stand on, just stand on one leg, because running is based on one leg. The faster you run, the more time you'll be on one yeah. leg. Okay, so if you're just standing on one leg, the amount of elite marathon runners that can't stand on one leg is incredible. Yeah, you know, you ask an elite marathon runner just to stand on one leg and balance, and they fall over. Yet they can run at. 20 kilometers an hour for 42 kilometers, yeah. you know, and they do that because the speed they're running at is the momentum that balances them and provides the stability for them. So if you go from a standing on one leg to a walking lunge through to a light jog, through to a little bit of a faster jog, through to running an interval, you go through this process yeah. of actually muscles, even though after intervals the muscles hurt more, <laughs> even though after uh, after yeah running hard, I feel sort more sort sort of greater soreness the day after. You are still not using uh, you're using tendon 
uh, and lower um, muscular sort of junctional uh, elasticity. So actually what happens when we run slowly is we're almost doing a form of strength training (laughs) for 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 the musculature and stabilizing of the joints and everything else. So people run fast and get better because I mean, one of our classics is you're sending them out for a run, elite runners, and tell them to run six-minute kilometers for 35, 40 k's. It's not a huge demand for the system. For yeah. It's not hard for them because they're used to running at four-minute kilometers for yeah. – so you're, you know, you're, you're, you're giving them almost 60% away from it and say, look, this isn't a run. Yeah. This is a four-hour strength training session for yeah. you, you know, uh, nice if they can do it in terrain uh, nice if they can go out and see something nice if they can do it as a group but sending them out to get strong um, so as a beginner like going back to the beginning you've obviously, obviously mentioned a lot of things there like yeah. strength training factors flexibility nutrition everything like that like how much of that that side of things is needed for the beginner versus the more experienced but, athlete but that's the win-win that, that is the win-win with it because the beginner that starts out by going slow and running miles isn't putting the system under as much stress as if yeah. they're going at running intervals so they almost yeah. they can just they can just prepare for the marathon by running I mean always I mean yeah. for, for me a first marathon as I say is always about finishing it's yeah. never about a time and it should never be about a time of the first marathon isn't it, it you, it's, it's pressure you, you have no idea what your body's going to feel like when you get out there over 35 30 k's even if you run in training yeah. you still don't know what it's like under the pressure of race day and everyone else around you and the wife and the kids are you know the kids still think you're superman and why is why isn't dad first <laughs> so so you uh, you said earlier about running like you've run marathons in training before yes. actually getting the medal yes so was your first marathon in training or was it Actually, to no, get a medal. My first, my first, um, no, that's not actually, yeah, no, my first marathon, actually, the first time I ran over 40 kilometers, I ran 76 kilometers. Um, <laughs> that's a, another story, uh, but that was because as a. That rugby, was before you married. Oh, this was as a rugby player because somebody said I couldn't do the Great Highland Way run and I couldn't run it all. So. You ran it all. <laughs> so, me and a group of friends, we ran it all. Um, How did that go? Yeah. <laughs> what mark did it leave it, 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 it left it left the mark it's not a mark you can see externally yeah. but inside it it, 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 it it stayed with me for many years yeah um, so but what about the actual marathon then so the actual marathon did you run that marathon distance in training or not, did you not before no, not before the so the first marathon did you how did that did there's obviously the the dreaded wall yeah like that yeah. everyone talks about yeah um did you hit the wall in your first marathon or or not? Um, I think the wall hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a sort of concrete slab dropped yeah. from, from height. Um, what, how, why? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's three ways of hitting a wall. Yeah. There's the, I'm going for a record and I want to get a personal best time and, and I hit the wall. Uh, which for me is per- it's totally acceptable uh, to go out and, and risk losing it to win it. <laughs> you know, um, there's the I'm just tired. My legs have given up. Um, I haven't eaten enough, perhaps. Um, and then there's then there's the final one, which is unexcusable. Um, I thought I was a lot better than I was, so I've run too quickly, and now I'm in trouble. And um, 
mine was the latter. <laughs> um, I just, for some reason, thought I'd run it a lot quicker than I should have ever done. I didn't run those times in training. And so you, ma- you made the decision to try and faster, or you just yeah. caught, caught, up got, in the, got caught up in the day, uh, as most people do. Um, beginner's mistake. Uh, and the thing is, is people say, you know, you never could do it. Now. Okay, so I learned a lot from it. You know, that last, that last, I think up to 25 kilometers, if I remember it correctly, it was going after plan. I actually thought everything's fine. And then I ended up, I, I wouldn't walk. I do not walk. Yeah. That wasn't allowed. Uh, and and that wouldn't, that wasn't an option. Um, and I remember, I remember running along and there was a lady pushing a push chair yeah. on the on the footpath next to me, and she overtook me. But I was <laughs> but I was still running. <laughs> so yeah, it was. It, yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I hit, yeah. hit the wall because because of yeah. I thought that I should run a lot quicker. I thought that yeah, bad decisions really. So they're the three ways of hitting the wall. Um, I think. So you touched on nutrition there. Yeah. Um, We've had some questions on nutrition. Yeah. What do you, what do you eat during the marathon? Do you eat Do you eat during the marathon? And if so, what do you eat during the marathon? Yeah, uh, I certainly drink. Yeah. Um, Just uh, what do you drink? Uh, I, I take the energy drink that, that's at okay. the A stations there, and um, my stomach has been fine with energy drinks, and it's not doesn't particularly matter which energy drink is. A lot of people like to buy the energy drink that's going to be there on the race day and then train with that. Um, so you're used to it. And I did yeah. that from the start, but what I found out was that actually the energy drinks are fine for me. There's no problem. Yeah. Um, I'm not one for carrying big packets and stuff with me. It annoys me. Uh, it irritates me. I like to sort of have a loose baggy t-shirt on, loose baggy shorts and, and yeah. sort of try and enjoy or a vest and just trying to sort of relax that way having big belts and things it's never really been me so I've sort of just taken I have a plan don't get me wrong I always go in with an idea of or, or not even an idea a plan of what I'm going to do but I don't ever take anything with me I'll always use what's available yeah. on the day and there's loads of stuff in every marathon we run there's absolutely loads of stuff available what do you eat on the morning of the marathon morning um, beans on toast how far before? Um, I'm always a three hour. Always, yeah. always have done. Always uh, had had the last meal three hours before race day. Um, oh, sorry, not race day, race start. Um, yeah, and I, I have all my athletes do the same. Um, we they got those guys eat anything. I mean, it's very personal. It is very personal, and people have um, people have a good day and then relate that good day to the nutrition. So once they've had that good day on that nutrition, they tend to stick with that because yeah. they say that works for them. I don't know if it works for them, to be honest. I think it's just the coincidence yeah. of it was a good day. Uh, but psychologically, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, I think you sort of choose yourself whether you have a, have a good day or not. Um, what about the day before? The day before? Um, the day before, I just eat a normal normal day. I have all my guys do so that. you don't do the carb loading no. like everyone talks no. about? No. I mean, why is that? Well, I, I think the best way I can describe that is uh, if I take a water jug yeah. and I pour water in until the water hits the top of the jug and I keep pouring water in the jug, what happens to the water? Spills out. Goes out all over the side. So once the once the, the glycogen stores and the, 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 the depot of carbohydrate is filled up within the body, where, where should it go? You know they're not yeah. they're not endless. There's not sort yeah. of they're not they're not open. There's not yeah. It's not extra. No, there's not yet yeah, yeah. invented a vessel that can hold more than it can hold. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, I think you know. So 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 
so so in that respect no you, you know as long as you know you're recovered and you're fresh and you've you've got the enough food in you what i do do the day before is at, usually at the expo the energy drink that is going to be given out on the race course is available um so so i'll take a bottle um, I'll have the guys take a bottle there and drink that during the day as a little bit extra, but just a normal normal food. I mean, the thing is, is you know, you go from training, running anything between sort of uh, at my level, eighty to one hundred and thirty kilometers a week, uh, and then in the race week, uh, the race week up yeah. to, um, you're, you're you're running every day. It's yeah. important you run every day, um, but you're so you're not tapering down then. No. Yeah, tapering's becoming a bit of an old-fashioned, um, a bit of an old-fashioned thing now, and, and yeah. that's actually really, really interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I'll just, yeah, I'll just finish. I'll go, I'll go on. So, just finish. So, yeah, so, yeah, so the, the, the week up to your, your diminished training, not training as much as as you would normally be be doing, perhaps, um, and you're eating the same. So you're in you're in plus. You're not in minus that week. There's no reason for um, there's no reason for for overeating that week. You you're fine. You're used to training on it. Your body knows what it is. It's just just about continuing there. I mean, a lot of people overeat and end up putting two or three kilos on in the week up to race because right. it goes down. Now some of that is because you you know glycogen stores in your body weigh around two and a half three kilos. So when therefore you will weigh a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so it's not sort of unusual to weigh. A kilo or, or so heavier than you've been in training the week up to a race, and that's actually a good thing. I don't think there's anything in do it at all. Um, uh, on so mileage is coming down, but do I do I have a day off the day before the marathon? No, um, my guys and myself they'll run every single day the last three weeks up to a marathon. Uh, no rest days. No rest days at all the last three weeks. Now some of those runs are they'll go out and run for fifteen minutes. Yeah, uh, very easy with six minutes kilometer pace for example um, send them out just for that but but they'll run every single day and that's important very very important why what, what is the reason behind that i mean i think you talk to any endurance athlete across any sport they'll tell you the day off the day after they can't get going you know lots of things happen and, and the, the met- metabolic processes begin to be reversed very quickly with bodies that are so efficient so one of the things that holds us going is that our metabolism becomes very high. The speed, we have what we call uh, the speed of our metabolism and we have uh, blood flow, we have blood volume is high and the more pressure the body's under, you have uh, adrenaline works, the adrenal gland knows what to do and as soon as you stop, <laughs> as soon as you slow down, the body says, I'm going to start reversing these processes and it is very, very quickly. Um, so they get stiff, yeah. Um, they feel bloated when they eat. They feel that the next day they just can't get started. There's fatigue, and and, that, and of course, in the training up to to the race, they need to feel like that because they need a day off, and they yeah. accept that. But also the psychological element of feeling dreadful within that three week period up to the, to the race, it isn't good for anybody. Yeah. So so they'll run every day. They say some days it's just fifteen minutes, but that fifteen minute run or that three kilometer run is is so much because it means the day after we don't have the problem. We keep the metabolism high. I mean, we lose blood volume. We simply lose the amount of blood yeah. in our body just within twenty four hours. We begin the regeneration hormonal process, and the body sort of says we're on holiday. 
right? I'm going to start regenerating and start rebuilding you now and start putting things up. And that's, that's the opposite to what we need. We're about to put our body into war, <laughs> into yeah. a stress environment, into a performance environment. What we don't want is a body thinking it's holiday. Uh, and relaxing time uh, and that's the, the sort of now we'll answer your question about the taper that's exactly the reason we don't taper uh, anymore we've stopped the tapering process almost completely uh, and instead of being on the way down into a race and I'm, and that's the problem you know I'm, I'm, I'm coming down into a race yeah you should never be coming down into a race you should feel like you're coming up into a race yeah you know you should feel like the race is the end of the, the sort of the peak of the mountain yeah. rather than the anticlimactical bottom of the mountain. Yeah. Um, and so that thing, if we train really, really hard, we ruin our bodies, we smash ourselves three weeks before, and then we do nothing for three weeks, or not nothing, but we yeah. don't do a lot for three weeks. And then our body just starts going into rebuild and regest, and digesting and, and slowing everything down and metabolism slows down and the way we oxidize sugar slows down and, and, and we just start getting worse. <laughs> we start feeling lethargic and we start stiffening up and, and, and everything like this. Instead of perhaps being, you know, if I'm going to have an easy week, I'll have an easy week maybe five weeks out, then a couple of easy days three weeks out. And so the guys are feeling maybe a little bit what we call over fresh. Uh, and that's another yeah. very important element of marathon running is you're not fresh on the day. You don't have that fresh legs where you can't get started. I think every mar- every 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 listener yeah. uh, out there who's run a marathon will, will be able to say the day, you know, you went out, you did strength training, you ran 25 kilometers, you did some heel repeats, you didn't sleep so well, you had a cup of glasses of red wine with the wife and you're just dreading tomorrow's run because you're tired and you don't feel like it and you go out and you just have the best run ever and you have the best run ever because the body's under stress the body's prepared for it the body knows what's coming it's easy for the body to do it and you go out and you just you just have this flow and you have this rhythm where completely opposite of that people say i slept all day i laid in bed i rested i ate lots and i went out the next day and i felt dreadful (laughs) you know and um i know we're going to do a podcast at some point on cramps cramping but people that don't experience cramping training that then experience it on race day um is down to being too fresh rather than being too tired it's it's because the body says hang on a minute for three weeks i haven't run anything i haven't done anything you've put me under no stress and now you want me to do this and then you're then the the nervous system starts saying i'm going to send messages down uh, and muscles start contracting and going crazy some of the, the best half marathon that ever run was on the end. We used it as a the end of a training camp, so four day yeah. training camp and ran a half marathon. When I remember sitting down with with a good friend before, I said, "I don't know how we to get through this." Yeah, I'm just not sure. What, you know, I'm not sure we should even be here. Got out there and just felt wonderful. <laughs> just there was so much flow in my legs, and it, it was my my record yeah. half marathon time that day because the adrenaline was up, the body was ready to go, I was in that fight mode, could oxidize sugars, blood volume was high, you know, and, and yeah. that's that's where we want to be going into a race. We don't want to misunderstand, we're going in tired. And the, the balance is yeah. a finite balance. It's difficult to get that balance right, but but we definitely don't want to go into our endurance event feeling fresh. Is that something you find with your... Uh that balance is that something that come, you see with your athletes in training you're adjusting that or sometimes does it take that first marathon to find uh, it takes the first 10 marathons to the first 10 yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. You, you don't know who you are as a marathon runner until you've got 10 in you it's just a learning process just like anything you know yeah. and, I, and I think the thing is, is you play football you play rugby or you play and you go bike racing 
you know, you race Saturday, you race Sunday, <laughs> or you play yeah. Saturday, you play Saturday after, and you've just got this week after week after week, this uh, this match, and you learn and you get better and better. In a marathon, you do one a year, two a year, yeah. and so ten years down the line, you haven't yet run as marathons as you've played football games that year. Yeah. So the learning process is a slow one and a tough one, um, and if the body can cope with it and control it, it's good to run more marathons and it's good to have a marathon a local marathon that is used for training and used for testing something uh, used for finding out where am I and, and you know sometimes you, you play friendly games of football yeah. <laughs> to, to test systems or you play a game of football in training to test systems and, and that can be the fun of the fun of marathon running yeah um, so we've kind of we've definitely covered the beginners um, the more advanced guys have some questions yeah uh Intervals. Yes. So where do these come into play? Yes. I mean, I think how can we use them? Let's define intervals first. Okay. I think that's probably quite relevant. Is that intervals tend to, for some obscure reason, in, instantly when I see intervals, people think running fast or hard training. Yeah. Um, an interval is just a variance. So if I run, I run out for an hour at six zero. And I run home at 5.45 per kilometer. I've just did, done two one-hour intervals. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that is important to start with. An interval is just a division of your training. doesn't mean hard. doesn't mean maximum. It, it can mean that. Yeah. It just means I've divided your training up today into sections. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's the misconception with intervals is that, oh, I'm running intervals today, so it must be hard. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not at all. It doesn't need to be that. Uh, so, so the question is then, how would I like to divide your training up to give you more more of what you need, or to better a particular element of your marathon training? Okay. And that's how you would divide divide intervals. So, yeah. like the the understanding from the guys here is obviously, yeah, intervals being. So fast, shorter, okay, faster runs. So you're asking me when can I go out and and push when, when do I push? When do I when do I back off? Yeah, good. Um, or how often as well? First first marathon, yeah. first time you're going to run a marathon, you're going to enjoy it. You don't care about your time. The process is great. Enjoy it. Look at the crowd, see the people there. Look up, drink, eat, and have some fun. Um, yeah. So in that respect, drop the time drop the intervals, run slow and run miles. Uh, because as we've talked about, not because of aerobic system development, because of muscular strength and being strong enough to be able to run, run the distance, yeah. that's how you'll have the most fun. It's how you'll stay away from in injury and you'll enjoy it. Um, then the next year or the next marathon, okay, right, I've done all that, feel great, now I want to run faster. Now I want to get that time, three hours, four hours, three and a half, whatever. Um, so then you need to start finding out, can I run at these speeds? Yeah. So the first thing you need to do is if you know if you can't run at five minutes per kilometer, then you can't run a marathon in three hours thirty. Because yeah. you, so, so the first thing is can I run at can I run at these speeds? You know, that's the first is a test. Yeah. You know, so I might one of my classic training sessions I have with the guys is ten by three K. Um, so 10 by 3k 10 by 3k with 3 minutes rest yeah. um, and that again sometimes I tell them okay this is, is 10 by 3k at over marathon pace uh, sometimes I say it's under marathon pace sometimes I say it's at marathon pace but uh, you know let, let's just start with okay my last marathon pace was there I want to run in this let's go out and run 5 by 3 kilometers at 5 zero. 
if my goal is going to me three hours, if it was yeah, three thirty, sorry, if it was three yeah. hours, then go out and run at at, at four sixteen, for example, yeah. per, per kilometer. So you so you just find that and go out and, and let's see where we are. Let's see what we're doing, and then you'll find out. You know, I can't run at that speed, yeah. or I can run at that speed, but not for very long. Yeah. Um, so there's a huge problem there <laughs> because you've got a goal of doing this, but you can't actually run at that speed. So the next thing we need to do is we need to create a a, a lung VO2 max type response. We need to get your body better at using oxygen and better at providing the muscles with energy. Yeah. Um, because ultimately that's how you're going to move forward. A lot of the time I think you've run long to slow distances, you've done your strength training, your, your lunging, etc. And so neuromusculoskeletally you're strong enough because you've finished the marathon. So you know you can cover the distance, so now we need to go faster and now it becomes a lung issue. Now it becomes being able to transport oxygen more. So then we need to stimulate a response from from the from the lungs. Yeah, we need to stimulate. We need to make the body better at using oxygen. So in that supply and demand, there we need to create a demand for oxygen. So the body needs to learn how to give more oxygen to the body uh, and to the working muscle. And that doesn't need to be all out. That perhaps just needs to be a little bit over what your plan time is. So if again, if we're using a three hours 30 as an example, five minute kilometers, there I would say run five times one kilometer with 4.30. Yeah. Uh, see how it goes. You know, five, uh, they've run the five, that was fine. If you're right, if you're going after three hours 30, you don't need to run them quicker than, than four minutes. You don't need to be thrown up at the end of the session. You know, that we, we know it stimulates enough of a response, stimulates enough of a, um, yeah, it's not lactate, no, and that's the misconception is that we, we've always called it lactate. We've yeah. always said it's the lactate that burns it in the muscles. I think that's maybe another podcast because yeah. uh, it's not lactate. We, we we've now know it's, it's other uh, ions and metals and things that cause that burning. Um, lactate is present, um, but it isn't as relevant as we have thought for the last 20 years. Uh, so lactate training isn't lactate training then? Well, lactate. Well, it depends on it depends on what you're. Yes, it is because we yeah. measure it in the blood. So yeah. when you when you perform or perform these types of intervals or these types of training, lactate increases in the blood. Yeah. So in that respect, yes, it's just the relevance of understanding lactate in the blood that might not be as important as we thought first. So we thought that that was the be all and end all. Right. Of, of yeah. if we measure lactate, we know where we are. Uh, what we're finding out now is that might not be as possible. But that's going to take three hours to explain that, the details so I think we'll do another podcast we should it? perhaps yeah. make that as a topic yeah yeah. Um, which can be universal across all sports all absolutely sports. absolutely yeah cool so um, with these intervals you've obviously done a lot of them on um, speed yeah the heart rate yeah do you use intervals on heart rate or how, how do you integrate heart rate training um, or measuring a heart what do you do with the heart rate yeah, I, mean, I think the good thing with heart rate and uh, heart rate training is I mean there's good and bad there it really is and I mean and now we're starting to be able to use watts in running um, which I'm hoping if it becomes as as well researched and documented as it is within cycling it'll be a great way to measure just measuring pure power output um, the problem with heart rate is heart rate isn't as reliable as it could be uh, it's good but it, it 
you know, if you've had coffee, if you're tired, if you've slept differently, we see different heart rates. Um, and I mean, heart rate zones are a mess. Um, you can do all, have all the best testing equipment in the world. You can test VO2 max, you can test max heart rate, you can calculate zones for them. And some days they're in zone two and zone yeah. two's hard and other days zone two's easy. Uh, some days you want them in zone four and they can't get the heart rate up to that zone. Other days you want them in zone three and they can't get the heart rate down because they're too fresh or too tired or different things. So it's, yeah. and again, you could also argue that that's perhaps a little bit of the coach's programming in that, that the coach should understand that. But there are some challenges with using heart rate, especially for beginners. I mean, a guy that's had a heart rate belt on for, for the last 15 years and every single session he's done, he knows he knows how to control it. He knows what he's looking for. <coughs> Guys just starting out with a heart rate monitor, um, they they find that a little bit more difficult. Yeah. But I mean, the, the best thing ultimately, if you could, if you when you run your marathon, if you, you should never look at the speed you're running at, and never look at the time you're running at. You should be able to calculate a work effort. And I know my marathon heart rate is 161. I know I can't be better than 161. Whatever time I cross the line in. I won't run with more than 161. So it's the time, the speed I'm running at is irrelevant. Um, I'm not racing. I'm not yeah. up the front racing. You know, I'm back with the yeah with the dads. Um, <laughs> and uh, and what's your dad time? My dad time. Yeah, my fastest marathon. Yeah, yeah. three hours nineteen. Work. So, How does that compare to the? What's the difference between where? Where does it? Where's the next level time? What's the next goal? Um, I do you class three nineteen as a dead time? I mean, compared no, to I don't, no, I mean, I mean, I, I know, I know, um, I focus a lot on the cycling and swimming elements yeah. in my travel for many years, um, and I have never, I never actually after the first marathon trained just for a marathon. Um, I've always ridden them around the marathon as part of training for an Ironman, and usually tired. It's, I mean, I'm just throwing out excuses yeah. here. Um, I, I have, I have no doubt I can come on three hours. Yeah, um, uh, I'm sure that will happen at some point. Um, but no, I'm not quick. Yeah, um, you know, all the all the good coaches they were bad athletes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so strength training, we keep touching on it. Yeah, but we've not really got into the. Yeah, the depth yeah. of that. Yeah, um, you've mentioned lunges for the for yeah the, for the heart rate and yeah. things. Yeah, um, but yeah, where does strength training? Uh, um, where do we feed it? Feed it all in. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, strength training is, is a, probably the, the, the crucial element, uh, the missing element in a lot of. Um, in a lot of marathon programs. Um, I'll just, if it's possible, just finish up on heart rate. I'm sorry, I didn't, yeah, nice. a couple of points I didn't quite get over, which, um, sorry for, uh, no, 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 I know you're excited. Yes. Um, but just the average scholar, like, we had a lot of questions, we're just trying to get through those get questions. Through them so. and time's running thin, yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, uh, so, so my, my marathon heart rate is 161 yeah. Yeah. Uh, beats per minute, uh, and the, that's gold. I mean, being able to train and have a coach that can help you or yourself calculate what is my marathon heart rate. And, and I sit literally on my watch, I have two, two, two fields. I have current uh, heart rate and average heart rate. 
Yeah. And I know I'm not better than 161 over over roughly three hours 15. Um, so so I, I, if I'm at 163, 164, yeah. uh, average at some point I'm gonna I'm, at some point I'm gonna pay a price, and my body is going to average me out to 161. So right. the best way of explaining this is it's like driving a car. If I drive a car in and around the town and in the city where I change gear and I go up and down in speeds, I use petrol at a greater rate than if I just sat on the motorway in fifth gear at 100 kilometers an hour. And it's exactly the same in the body. The tempo changes, the ups, the downs, use incredibly, yeah, incredible amounts of energy, uh, greater amounts of energy than if I can just hold my fifth gear on the motor with my diesel engine. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you drive a diesel car with short, sharp bursts, it doesn't, it's not good for the car. <laughs> yeah. You know, you drive a diesel car on the motorway and you drive long distances, it works for it. And that's exactly the same kind of human body works within training uh, or within, within marathon running. So, in that respect, I mean, if I can run a marathon 161, but my lowest heart rate was 159 and my highest was 153, it's been a great day for me. And a lot of the analysis we'll do after the races with the athletes is what has their variance been that day? How efficient have they run the race? How well have they have they been able to control that zone? Um, and a lot, of, a lot of what you'll see is they go out 170 uh, because they're excited. They get taken by the... Uh, they get taken by the the day in the event, and who wouldn't? It's fantastic. It's wonderful, you know. And um, and then they look down their watch after twelve kilometers, and they think, "Wow, this is going well." <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I'm running fast, uh, and and they're using speed, and then they think, "Wow, I'll ease off a little bit, but it's too late." I mean, ten minutes over, ten minutes, five beats over your average heart rate, and you're going to pay a price at later on. A lot is literally a lot. It's that fine. It is that fine. Especially when you're, on, yeah. especially if you're pushing it on the edge, it's that fine. Yeah. I mean, five beats per minute over ten minutes is enough to cost you the day. Yeah. Um, so it's best to start off slow and build. Try and try it, it, and yes, account for the no, because no. then at the end you need to at the end when you're the most tired. And yeah, there you need to go over your average. Uh, and one thing that can really stress me is uh, is finishing at 160, knowing I could have given more. I mean, it's one beat; it probably doesn't mean yeah. anything. But just psychologically, I like to know that's where I, that's where I'm going to finish. So, so no, I mean literally. I mean the thing is, you stand on the start line, your heart rate is 140. Yeah, because <laughs> you're nervous and looking forward yeah. to it, and it's just the excitement of it. So getting it to 160, I mean, it's in the start you run slowly. You do feel yeah. like you're running very slowly if you're keeping your heart rate at, at the right speed. Um, is it hard just to go off at speed though with the, because you're in such a pack of people? Does that affect I mean, a lot of people complain about it. I've never had a problem. Yeah. I've never seen an issue. I, I, you know, I, I always book the ticket for the time I'm going to run and, and start in the right start box. I always start with the right balloons. Yeah. Uh, there's always sort of a balloon that, the pace balloons always I don't run with them personally yeah. I, I don't like running that big group I like a little bit of space um, but I always am in the right start box uh, with people running about the same speed I've never had a problem with it it's yeah. never cost me a minute in a, in a marathon I know other people have had worse experiences but I've run a lot of marathons yeah. and never had a problem with that uh, and I don't hear many stories of of having that problem to be honest um, so, so that's how I would use heart rate um, yeah. so back to your wall day yes when you hit the wall yes what did your heart rate do there? Didn't what? wear a heart rate monitor. Didn't have one on the heart rate, so you wouldn't. Uh, uh, that that day was uh, that day was me against me, yeah. and I lost. 
Uh, <laughs> so yeah. we uh, we don't no, have we, data. We have no data. No. But I can tell you for data from the, 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 the time after where I had 174 for 20 minutes. And what happened there? Yeah, similar story. Uh, but again, I like to test things. I, I don't mind using yeah. uh, I don't mind using a smaller marathon race to test things and go out and see see these different things. Um, and there's actually uh, a funny story. The 174 over 20 minutes. There was a group of elite Kenyans uh, <laughs> at the start of the race, and um, on the way to the race, they were they were jogging in, um, jogging jogging at. Faster than my marathon pace, but they were warming up. Speed. They were warming up. I don't know. I don't know. But they were warming yeah. up, and I hopped on the back because that, that, should, their job. that should be fun. Uh, <laughs> and felt quite pressured there, and ended up that I followed them. That's incredible. All the way through, and ended up talking to them, and ended up standing sort of close to them on the start line. Um, and then I was close to the front, so I thought I'm going to try and lead the race. I didn't get there. Against the Kenyans. But I had a good 20 minutes doing that. And I had the time in my life. And I wouldn't have changed it for anything because uh, those guys are just wonderful and inspirational. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then push it. Yeah. And I knew from there on I'm just going to have to. Yeah. Uh, and I had a, I actually didn't. It wasn't a particularly bad day. But, uh, but yeah. So, sorry. We, that was the heart rate side of yeah. it. And also training with the heart rate. You, you then can calculate your... You know, am I at race pace? Am I over race pace? Am I under race pace? Where is these intervals going? You can use it as you use it as much or as little as you like, but it is a good indicator of 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 what you're doing and how much effort you're putting in. And it also teaches you to train. I mean, we talk a lot about uh, running what we call a negative split, uh, and a negative yeah. split is uh, it is the most crucial element of running uh, a marathon. Uh, is running the second half faster than the first half. Yeah, that that's the holy grail of marathon running is being able to come in five seconds quicker in your second half of your first half, and you know you can't have done better than that. Yeah, um, we're getting close to time. We're getting close to using our time. We 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 need to cover strength training for them. Perhaps we'll do running part two. Um, yeah, and we should I do think that. There's, there's some more questions about heart rate and heart rate zones and heel training and injuries and stuff which we haven't covered. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's. Uh, we'll do that another time. So we can, uh, yeah, give you guys everything that you've asked for, yeah. and a break. So, yeah, we, uh, we yeah. it's been great to talk to you, Phil. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. Uh, take it easy, guys. Red Pill Training are pleased to announce three extra dates of the Your Body, Your Athlete segment. With James Jowsey and Phil Reynolds from the Hydro Crew, the unique assessment and mechanical assessment procedure designed by themselves used by the athletes. The 14th and 15th of April will be at the CrossFit Khan. The 23rd and 24th of June will be at the Everett Takes Fitness London. The 27th and 28th of October will be CrossFit University. For more information, see redfieldtraining.com and we look forward to seeing you there.